What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Down post-game show. I am sitting in this week for Glenn Rubenstein. I am here every Friday night, but Glenn is not with us, unfortunately. So I am here. Matt Morgan is with us, as he is every week. And in place of Glenn, we have wrestling's own owner and proprietor, Raj Geary, joining us. Welcome to the podcast, Raj. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough staying in on a Friday night for a, a show like this. <laughs> yeah, There you go. A show like this, you can see it in Matt's face. Matt, how you doing, man? Good. I, I'm sure. I'm sure Glenn was very appreciative of you introducing him on his own show. That was good. <laughs> That's exactly right. Glenn won't be with us this week, but uh, but Raj's dog will also be. With us. She, she is speak. here. She is here just for a minute. She is very upset with Baron Corbin's promo. Uh, let me take care of this. <laughs> well, uh, let's not let's not beat around the bush. Let's jump right in here. Um, and speaking of Baron Corbin's promo, since we have a dog in the background opening up the segment for us, um, top of the night, Baron Corbin came out. Chatted. We were in Manchester, England tonight. Um, Michael Cole, welcome to SmackDown. And Baron Corbin's promo here, um, yeah, you might want to say it smelt a little dog poo-pooey here. Um, he talked about how Roman Reigns is no longer uh, the leader of the locker room for WWE, and he blamed last week's NXT invasion on that. That's not the bad part. Matt, the bad part came after this, whenever he goes on to compare Roman Reigns' gonads to marbles and then literally makes fun of his dog bark. What did you think about Baron Corbin's opening segment on SmackDown tonight, Matt? <clears throat> I mean, I get it as far as, you know, a, a heel, a good chicken shit heel of that would put the blame on somebody else for, quote-unquote, allowing their ship to be attacked, if you will, like that. The, you know, the, the heel on the ship would always blame the captain, right? Sure. Um, even when there's a really good captain. And um, so the premise behind it, I get just the execution was running. Some of these lines, let me pull these out here for those of you guys who are watching this show, or maybe you didn't watch it, you're listening to us right now. He said, the big dog's testicles have shrunk into tiny marbles. He said, Reigns' bark is starting to sound like a little chihuahua. And then he literally showed a graphic of Reigns' dog from his opener on the screen and had it mm -hmm. do a tiny bark. Um, and he laughed about it inside of the ring. Um, Raj, you and I were talking about this before we came on the air. I was not a fan. I, I agree with Matt. I like the setup here. But I thought this promo was very um, underwhelming, we'll say. What, what kind of heel says excrement? Dog excrement, <laughs> you know? It, it just, everything just w was weak in this promo. I thought this promo sucked. Um, granted, you know, this week we uh, we had that Cody Rhodes promo, which I thought was one of the best promos, I've, babyface promos I've seen this year, if not the best. That Jericho video, I mean, comparing that Jericho video to this, man, it's just night and day. And this isn't an AEW versus wwe thing it's a promo versus promo thing and uh wwe they need to they need to upgrade and, and make some of these promos more realistic because i can't see anyone getting mad uh, a, a roman reigns fan being mad because baron corbin you know uh related him to a small dog uh, there's the difference of, there's a difference of 50 writers versus zero writers. <laughs> yeah. and it goes back to the same damn thing stop trying to tell people how to be themselves Instead of giving you pay them so much money, meaning you pay these WWE superstars so much money, if they can't figure out how to cut their own promos and uh, represent themselves or their persona dialed all the way up, then they should not be WWE superstars making all that kind of money. It's that simple. I don't understand. They're like they're creating a need. They're trying to fulfill a niche, a need, if you will, that is not there. 
there is no need. Some of those guys need promos somewhat written out for them. Some of them don't. And if they can't do it, then they should not be there. I mean, so Corbin versus Reigns, that's the, the house show feud going forward. This is your top SmackDown feud. Does this make you want to like buy a, a ticket? ticket? Get punched in the face? Exactly. No, it does no. not. Nope. Well, I think it's unfortunate because I think Baron Corbin, being King Corbin, this new persona, has worked for him in a way that his previous waiter outfit Corbin did not work. Yeah, dude, he don't need none of this. Like, he, he yeah. can, you can tell he could feel himself in this character. You can right. see it. Just let him do it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, we don't want to compare everything to AEW, right? But it is happening this week. There is a pay-per-view tomorrow night. We'll get to predictions here in a little bit. And I think it's impossible you take what Chris Jericho did as, you know, a chicken shit hill, but a, a really good one, right? Take what he did comparing it to this, and it makes this even more underwhelming. But for me, the big disappointment here was last week's SmackDown. We talked about it right here on this podcast, how great that show was, how exciting, interesting, engaging that show was. I think Raw was a step back, but NXT, I thought, brought the fire again this week. We'll talk about ratings for that here in a little bit. But for me, the disappointing thing was you opened this show up with a disappointing 22 minutes for fans who maybe were jazzed about WWE for uh, for a hot minute this week. Mm-hmm. Matt, do you think this tunes people out for next week? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I, I think it tunes people out for tonight. I'm sure that people are they, tuning they in. Left. Yeah, they exactly. Left, right? You think they let, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, they were setting up the main... I will give them props. They set up a story at the beginning that they were going to pay off in the show. I appreciate that about it. Right? There's a cohesiveness of storytelling there, but I just think it was a lackluster thing to build to. So we go from there. Um, the next segment that happened up on the show tonight was the SmackDown, SmackDown Tag Team Titles match, New Day versus Revival. This was a match that had been advertised for last week. Uh, obviously, we didn't get it with the invasion, with everybody being stuck over in Saudi Arabia. So they brought it back this week. And if you watch the spoilers, you knew ahead of time what was going to happen here. I know, I know, I know, right? But the New Day did capture the tag team titles. Matt, did you like the match? And what do you think this does for the Revival losing these titles here? I Nothing, obviously. Um, I don't know why New Day needed them. They're yeah. a gimmick. They're such a gimmick. They don't need them. Uh, the only reason I could think they have them is to drop them to somebody else. That's about it. That's the best I could come up with. You mean the New Day is a gimmick, not the tag team titles are a gimmick? Right. Yeah. Gotcha. But the tag team titles as well are technically a gimmick as well. There's something nowadays that you give somebody for, for a multitude of different reasons. Some people use they, they give them to you because you're supposed to be represent the best. It's not been like that WWE for many, many years that they give somebody an actual tag team title because they're the best tag team. They do it because the tag team needs it and they're on the rise up and they feel this will put them over the edge. So in a way, they are a gimmick. They are a prop to a degree. But let's let's be clear, though. They're not the best tag team. The OC is the best tag team in the world, according to Saudi Arabia rules. (laughs) (laughs) They are. But when you talk about titles, the the tag teams that could use that title, I, I thought that they were fine where they were. Yeah. Raj... People are complaining Kofi Kingston got the short end of the stick a few weeks ago when SmackDown debuted, and now they're giving him a tag team championship. What do you think about the situation? I think it sucks. I mean, it sucks to see basically all that that storyline, all that build for Kofi for eight months, you know, from February to October. It's just gone. He's back to where he was a year ago. I I mean, to just completely waste away that storyline. And I know we – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. uh, They kept keeping the the two other guys, uh, Woods – and Big E with him during his championship run, it, I thought it was uh, obvious that they were going to keep them as a group together unless they turned Big E. And if they didn't turn Big E at Mania, I was like, oh, crap, they're going to bring Kofi back to this stupid three-man group, and he'll never be taken serious again after he loses this title. Yeah, and and here they are. And it sucks because you have a built-in storyline with Biggie and Kofi, with Kofi getting all the opportunities. Biggie's been in the background supporting his friend. There's so much they can do there. Biggie really needs to be elevated. He's just he's just on a treadmill right now, running in place. He's got superstar potential. Kofi's already been there. That could be a big feud if done right. Again, if done right. Um, you know, if you did a Cody versus Dustin kind of thing, like sure. uh, make it realistic, not the hokey... Um, you know, them throwing pancakes at each other. We're also happy-go-lucky or whatever, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it could be a big deal. But to see them just back to where they were, it's, I don't know. I just It's an easy, it's an easy story to tell. Big E, you know what I mean? Big E turns on him for getting all that limelight, all that attention. 
Sure. Um, WWE management still didn't feel that you were the guy, and they still needed to put me out there next to your ass because I'm the one who has charisma. You didn't. Um, and then, you know, from Kofi's perspective, it's like, look, you guys weren't two nobodies. I'm the dude who took the risk going with you guys on your last-ditch effort before you guys were about to get released. I okayed this three-man group. Let's be very clear. If I don't okay this, we're not we're, – we weren't a group to begin with. There's a million different ways you could take this, um, and I'd be intrigued by it. Yeah. I agree with Isaac right here in the chat room saying, I love New Day, but they need to evolve a bit. It's getting pretty stale. Uh, you said it earlier, Matt, giving them the titles again. They're a gimmick team at this point, and they feel good, right? They sell merch, but yeah, we need to move yeah. on. Maybe it does set yeah. up a feud for WrestleMania season. Um, Marcus Jackson calls it out here. Big E can still turn on Kofi, let the story play out. So that could happen. I would love that. How often do we say that? Like, let's let the story play out and nothing happens. Hang on. Marcus Jackson, they have been a group for how many years now? Uh, Five five years. Five, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) I'm not waiting six years. How about that? (laughs) I think the real MM man is calling it out best when he says, New Day make Vince too much money. They ain't splitting. So I will say this, though. Last thing on this note here. I thought this was a good match. Say what you will about the story and the setup and then. And the revival being, it was a good match, right? It was. Yeah. It was a good match. Yeah. I mean, New Day are ultra talented. The revival are great. You can't, I mean, you can't go wrong with these two teams. Sure. But, but they're it, just it, running in place. It's the element that's missing, though, from WWE broadcast. AEW puts on good matches every week on TV, but they get away with it and make it interesting because there's a win loss record. WWE does it even for tag team title matches, right? And you're just like, oh, yeah, another good match on WWE TV. It almost kind of feels like uh, the same old, same old to a certain extent. So, but, but a good match. Um, after that, we had weirdest segment of the night. Um, Roman Reigns walking in, um, and he meets Shorty G in the back so they can show how different the height advantage is for somebody like Roman Reigns. So I, I don't know what the deal was there, but, um, you know, just a strange interaction between these two. Um, WWE, um, Ali Love 11G says, I love New Day as a whole, but apart they would be better. So um, WWE was playing the theme out here. One other big story happening on SmackDown, which is Sami Zayn trying to recruit Daniel Bryan to his new faction. And we saw that happen <laughs> after the break. Um, and, and, you know, I, I got to say, I like what Sami Zayn's been doing. They meet in the back. Sami says, um, you know, if Brian would have won last week, um, he would have won last week if he had joined Zayn and his group. And he said, come out later in the night. Watch us. You're going to see my guys fight. They're going to win. And then you're going to want to join us. So I do like the teases here. Again, they're setting up a match later in the night that has some meaning to it. Um, thoughts on this Zayn Brian dynamic. We'll talk about more, the match more here in a little bit, Matt. But what do you think about this kind of teasing storyline about Brian going back to Zayn? I would. I wish Zane was wrestling. This is really when I wish he was wrestling because I'd pay to see those two go. Um, but yeah, it's all. Good. I thought this was entertaining. I thought this was good. Anything with Sami Zayn to me, I like. Sure. Yeah, I think this has a ton of potential. You got Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, two of the best uh, on the mics, two of the most natural guys in WWE promo wise. So. I think this could be really good. Uh, this is supposed to be heading to a Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura feud, Nakamura Mora feud, but uh, they could always twist it up if you know Sammy and Daniel Bryan have that chemistry, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, they will. and I, I like them, you know, setting this up early, coming back to it later, and there's a segment we'll get to it near the end that I think pays it off pretty well. So um, this is the story for SmackDown, though, and again, guys that are super talented getting to talk, and I enjoy that. Um, after that, we got to see Heavy Machinery um, go out to the ring. I don't know if they announced who their opponents were going to be. I did not hear that on the broadcast, um, but they were ready for a match. And then out comes NXT UK's own Walter, Marcel Barthel, and Fabian Ochner, and um, Alexander Wolf. And they destroyed them, right? Uh, the name of this group is Imperium. And uh, they just absolutely destroyed Tucker Notice. The locker room, SmackDown locker room comes out. Um, they don't need their locker room leader, Roman Reigns, apparently, because he was not out there. Uh, but everybody else comes out, including the New Day, and they chase Imperium back through the crowd. So we got NXT Invasion happening. Part two, a little bit different this week because they're in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, Matt? Loved it. It shows the, uh, the, the global entity that NXT now is. If they're going to do a takeover, they, no matter what country you're in, you're not safe. <laughs> if you're in England, they got we got we got our British UK's uh, NXTs to come beat your ass. If you're going to be in Ireland, we got guys in Ireland that'll whip your ass. We get everywhere. You know what I mean? I, I, I like that. I did not like Imperium running away though. Yeah. I thought they could have 
done something. How many times have we seen somebody to make to, to jump somebody in the ring, right? Uh, a group, a faction, or one-on-one encounters? Do we see somebody that will go backstage and take the stupid forklift and put it against the locker room doors? So nobody could come out and make the save, right? We've seen that like ten thousand times. Yeah. Why can't they do that here and give Imperium their shine and beat the holy hell out of them and just massacre them and then they go off on their own terms the air it's even steven booking it's wwe's mo right i mean raj you, you were saying earlier in the week why did raw feel so much different than smackdown didn't when they both use the nxt invasion angle and i think it's because when it's not under the kind of the guys it was last week with triple h running the show right nxt doesn't get to go over kind of clean they get to come out and attack but get chased away by uh the the blue brand in that locker room right i think that hurts it what do you think well, I think I think there's, you know, I, I enjoyed last week's SmackDown a lot. I thought it was the best one in a long time, but I also feel like there's no story yet with why they're invading. It's they're just doing it like because there's a pay per view coming up where it's WWE versus you know Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. There's not more to it. Bragging rights, Raj. All right, them, right. <laughs> you, you know, this isn't the NWO. <laughs> I mean, it's. Um, I, I just I just wish they would do something between Triple H and Vince that where Triple H is really trying to come out from Vince's shadow and show what he can do and, and give it more more teeth as opposed to just every week the NXT guys come out, attack some random guys, and it leads to a match later in the show. Um, it, that, that being said, I was kind of surprised that the Imperium didn't get more of a pop, they, you know, being in, in Manchester. They, were, they didn't, didn't, really didn't get much reaction. Uh, Walter is from Austria. Um, that's true. I'm trying to think of the rest of them, the, but they the, are a, the NXT rest of were on brand too. They're a, they're an ex UK faction, I think. So, I mean, so, so it just makes me wonder if no one in UK watches NXT UK. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, you know, I think it's because they attacked uh, Tucker and Otis. I think that's what it was. I think you're picking lame ass opponents for them to come out and run in, and then a bunch of mid carters come out and chase them off. That doesn't tell me as an audience member anything. Who should I care about in this situation, right? Yeah. Um, we got to see um, Sasha Banks and uh, Bailey next. Um, they were talking about how last week they were attacked by Shayna Baszler. Um, and, and Kayla Braxton asked them if that's a sign of things to come. They said no. Baszler's just trying to be relevant, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then Banks and Bailey kind of say, we got some more stuff to say to Baszler, but we'll say it later. And they walk off. What do you guys think about Bailey in her heel mode right now? How is she doing, Matt? Mm, I had better, I had higher hopes. Yeah, Raj. I like um, I like Sasha. <laughs> sure, but yeah, Bailey Bailey's not doing it for me right now. I mean, she's trying. I see the effort there, um, but yeah, it's not it's not working for me. Did we already talk about the Ali match? Mm-hmm. Did we? We kind of skimmed over that. I, I did want to make the point. Did you guys see that CBS no, Evening the, News? The Ali piece? match is next. The Ali match is coming up right. Okay. Over. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. This was the bad. little interview segment they did before the Ali match to set up that they're facing or Bailey's facing Nikki later on. I just thought this was the chance where Bailey got to speak, yeah. and then I thought again, like Matt did, kind of lackluster here. But yeah, next up was uh, the match Sami Zayn promised Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus Ali and Shorty G. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought this was a, all in all, a really good match. Um, you know, you kind of knew Nakamura and Cesaro were going to win. Daniel Bryan was standing out there at ringside. Uh, but I think the unfortunate thing for me here was Ali's the guy who kind of got the short end of the stick after having such high hopes last year, Ra- earlier in the year. Raj, what were you going to say? Yeah, it was, it was about, well, not just that. Did you guys see the CBS evening news piece on, on Ali earlier this week? Yes. No. So CBS Evening News, they get you know five million viewers a night, uh, whatever it is. It, it's something around five million. They do this outstanding piece on Ali. It's like makes him look like this inspirational, uh, just down to earth um, superstar. I mean, it was a really good piece, and I definitely you know you guys should definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. So it's kind of a big deal. You never see you know the major news networks on their evening news broadcast doing a piece on a wrestler do this piece on Ali and then tonight and then his next show they just beat him you know <laughs> like this is the perfect example of WWE not knowing how to let wrestlers get momentum or not wanting wrestlers to get momentum they should have shown clips from that CBS piece they should have had Ali come out some heel comes out you know like a Drew Gulak or someone that just says hey 
you don't deserve, you didn't deserve to be on that piece. I should have been on that piece or whatever. And Ali gets a win and showcase match and, you know, just get him some momentum. It makes him look like a big deal coming off that news piece. But instead he's just pinned in this tag match. Like he's just another guy. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is Matt? Why are, why are we not higher on Ali and shorty G if, if you're, you, you've been in WWE, what is that's holding him back right now? We we don't know. Uh, is it WWE that just doesn't believe in him at the moment? Do they? I would like to. I would guess that they would try to use as their argument that we already have things set in motion. Or st- but we know that's not true. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I have no answer for that. There's no excuse yeah. as to why they would not do that. They do work hard to get these guys that kind of press. And even the news angle pick him. WWPR team. Their job is to go shop stories around like that around to everybody until somebody bites which the evening news did um they do that with everything um that's the pr department's job so what i don't get is the wwe spending money on the department to go around and do this um for me if i still work there they would go shop around to everything and anything that has to do with attention deficit disorder or addiction recovery for me if it was me my outside interests right and they would do everything they could to get me pr on that is what they would do. Same. So here they go with Ali. They would spend money on this department to go out and get people PR. They get him the PR. The whole goal to get the guy over. So here's your chance to get the guy over. This is the most simplest thing possible by who's throw it up on the screen and then give the guy a highlight match. It's not brain surgery. So the only thing I think of is somebody. I don't want to say it because I don't know if this is true, but the only thing I think of is somebody like specifically went against that formula. Mm. It's simple. Yeah. I mean, it is strange. I think to Raj's point here, you had the perfect opportunity by doing the CBS story. Um, You you come out there, you you have mainstream appeal, right? AEW has found some ways to kind of seep into the mainstream. Uh, TNT the other night. Right. Yeah. Yeah, They were on a NBA, uh, my recap show I watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they were in Jericho. Yeah. Right. Jericho's on there, and and also, but I just mean in general, just like the public has talked about some of the things they're doing to promote people with with different backgrounds and diversity, and WWE is a perfect chance to do that, and yet they don't. Um, it's strange. I I think you're right. They'll say we had these things in motion, but they rip up the scripts every other week. So how can things be in motion if you're ripping up ripping up scripts? There was one really cool spot in this match. Um, I just thought it was really badass, which was. Um, um, Nakamura was going for uh, the Kenya. Well, the um, let's see here, where he was going for his finisher, uh, and and when he went for the Kinshasa, uh, Kinshasa, um, as soon as he went for it, Ali gave him uh, a sweet chin music. Basically, um, it was just a really cool spot. I thought that was a well done. It, yeah, it was, a, it was a really neat spot. So Ali's great. I, I love Ali. Um, yeah, wish they'd do more with him, but. At least try. This was a perfect week to get some momentum on him. But right, right. Hey, hey Michael, I'm hearing a little feedback. Did, do you mind moving away from your mic a oh, little sure. bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I get all into my reading the notes, and so yeah, let me get back here. All right. I know. I don't think. Do you guys not hear that? Mm-hmm. You hear anything, Matt? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, maybe, man, maybe it's something on my end. All right, never mind. All right. If you if you hear something, give it up in the chat room so we'll know. Um, next up, we had Nikki Cross, Sasha Banks. Um, but kicking it off right here, Sasha Banks' new theme music is awesome. Mm-hmm. Is freaking awesome. I loved it. Loved everything about it. I know Bailey got it because she's a heel. Sasha Banks here um, got it as well. They gave these two some time to work. Um, Matt, what did you think about this match? Nikki Cross, Sasha Banks went at it for, I think, a good 10 minutes or so. I mean, I think it went through at least one commercial break. Um, how'd you feel uh, Nikki Cross looked here? Um, she did take the loss. Uh, she gave it up for a tap out here, but I thought a good match overall. It, it is. I, I mean, I guess Sasha and, and Bailey are not to be taken as serious as I thought they were supposed to be taken when when Sasha came back from her injury. Yeah. I, because I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it because the ship has sailed as far as lighting them up with, with gasoline, if you will, and pouring on more heat to what should be very well-developed heels by now very over heels as well um and they're not we had bailey on commentary here you talked talked earlier about how she's not really coming across as a heel um, or as a great heel yet she was on commentary really trying to um i don't know what she was trying to do but raj how do you think bailey was on commentary tonight or do you hate her yet is what i should ask 
I, I feel bad for her because I could tell she's trying. It's just not, it's not clicking. Sure. Um, she, she's just such a natural baby face. WWE didn't, you know, would, you know, she would be getting, getting steam and then they beat her in her hometown. Like nothing. Like remember that Kendo match with Alexa bliss and she just whipped her ass. Like it was yeah. nothing. I, and she's just a, such a natural baby face and, and they didn't, uh, they didn't let her go all the way with it. And here she is, you know, I think struggling as a heel. And she's the face of the SmackDown Women's Division right now. There was a moment when she was on commentary. She was complaining about her headset, and then she was complaining about the fans. But it just feels very forced. And I just remember that first night when she turned, how exciting that was and how intense she was. And I almost wish they wouldn't let her speak so much. I think she should just be a little more badass. I mean, the whole thing was she was always so happy-go-lucky. I want to be in front of the fans. Just let her do bad things stuff now you know that that's what i would do really sasha should be in that role she's she just you know exudes that confidence that healness she doesn't seem like she's acting she's just you know she's just natural at it i i just don't know who a top baby face right now is on smackdown that you know would challenge her like that would make an intriguing feud well they've been trying to build up nikki cross um i think nikki cross has been doing a fine job with what she's been given but I also think she's played kind of the, the lackey, lackey to Alexa Bliss for so long. And she's just kind of filling a spot on this feud that I don't think she's been able to shine on her own enough yet. It could be Alexa. She's out right now with the shoulder injury, but she's supposed to be back soon. So when she comes back, she could be that top baby face. Could be. The exciting thing about this match was after the end of the match, Bailey does a run in. Talk about how she's going to beat up uh, Nikki Cross again. And... Again, just like last week, out of nowhere, we get an attack by Shayna Baszler. And this attack, very short, Shayna Baszler, much like the guys earlier in the night, she retreated through the crowd. Um, I don't know that this adds anything. Maybe there's a little bit more animosity, personalness. But see, what I want to see right now is I want to see Baszler and, uh, you know, the the raw women. I want to I want to see her taking on somebody else. And I think that her coming out here just beating up Bailey again really didn't do it for me. It just seemed like a repeat. Sure, exactly. I almost felt like if you had copied and pasted last week's script to this week's script, that was the one thing they had planned on doing last week on SmackDown before they changed up everything, and they just kept it in for the for the copy-paste. Um, the interesting run-in that did happen, though, which um, right after this, we had a backstage segment again, Zane saying, look, Daniel Bryan, don't you hate the Yes movement? Um, we convinced you tonight we are winners. Look at us. Um, you don't you leave the yes movement behind and then the lights flickered and out of nowhere the fiend attacks and he takes out Sami Zayn turns around and runs away in a, in a great little bit um, but yeah the fiend takes out Daniel Bryan with his red light ambiance and everything else um, Matt you've been worried about the fiend as a champion and what he would do not the fiend as a character you've been a big part of him but how can the fiend work as a champion did this segment work for you to help him get closer to being in a feud with potentially Daniel Bryan? It looks like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's certain things I just don't buy. I don't think the fiends walk around with that damn title anywhere. Yeah. You know, I don't. I we didn't see him with it. I mean, it was just the Fiend attacking. We have, we have seen Bray Wyatt earlier in the week. He um, debuted his new championship, which is really just new plates. Um, debuted his new championship earlier in the week. So Bray Wyatt has it, um, but not the Fiend. Raj, do you think Bray Wyatt as a champion versus the Fiend as a monster works, or how are you feeling about this? It, it kind of seems like WWE doesn't know what to do yet. You know, this is the second SmackDown since he won the title. Granted, the first one, granted, they were stranded in Saudi Arabia. But, uh, I mean, he was just kind of thrown out there. Daniel Bryan's supposed to be feuding with Nakamura. So th that's not the, supposed to be the feud with uh, Bray Wyatt. Actually, at house shows, he's going to be facing The Miz, which is, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, to Matt's point, what he was saying before, it's, it just seems like by putting the title on him, they kind of book themselves into a corner. It just seems too soon. They should have just let him squash some other people and then, you know, go go with him where you will. But I don't know. Where do you go with him right now? Who do you go with him on SmackDown with, you know? I mean, it seems like maybe they're teasing Daniel Bryan here, but... You know, Bryan's supposed to be with Nakamura, but we'll see. Yeah. That's the advertised match going, you know, for the next couple months. It kind of looks makes Brian look like a chump though if he doesn't retaliate at this point, doesn't it? So maybe that's where Zayn gets involved. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see, but 
Um, lots of possibilities. And Daniel Bryan just lost to Adam Cole last week. Are we supposed to believe that he's going to beat The Fiend right now? You know, if you're using logic, you know, The Fiend kicked out of 67 curb stomps. That's exactly right. Well, nobody should be able to beat The Fiend. And I guess they've announced that Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio is going to happen at Survivor Series, but we don't have a match for The Fiend yet is is my understanding. So, Mm -hmm. Um, after this, we got what I think was a, a very strange segment. Again, um, Tyson Fury flew all the way to Manchester. No, he's from he's from England. Well, oh, okay. Does he live in Manchester though? Uh, I mean, he might. I thought he was for some reason. I thought he was residing somewhere else. So I could be wrong about that. Maybe it makes sense there. I thought they he flew. I thought he lived somewhere else. So um, anyway, but they did a segment where Tyson Fury comes out and talks about how excited he was to beat Braun Strowman, and then um, calls out Braun Strowman. Monster Among Men comes out, and they tease a moment, but then they shake hands because we're all such good friends. Um, and they say, hey, man, we should be a tag team now. Let's put, let's let bygones be bygones. And who shows up but the B team to get a beat down? Um, yeah, Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman. Matt, is that a team you want to see? Hell no. This was a terrible segment. This made Braun look terribly right. Horrible. <laughs> His I cheesy hate, smile I didn't work for I, you? I, I, I hated the entire segment. It, bury them he got knocked out last week and he's all all freaking happy-go-lucky and smiles and hugs and freaking handshakes no you're not you're the monster among men you would have gutted that guy and that and that, that that's what that character would do and um i mean good lord this is where they've got to get away from listening to these script writers you're gonna get all four of you then it was so terrible that was so terrible. Like I would have, I wanted to throw my remote through the goddamn darn TV. It was that terrible. Well, how you centered yourself after you had already cussed? That was so, good. I was <laughs> so uncomfortable. Uh, real quick, so Tyson Fury, Manchester is his hometown. So oh, okay. it was just okay. calling him over. It is. Uh, it is no, that's my bad day. So, Matt, someone, I thought this was a genius observation. Someone said that they're turning Braun Strowman into the big show. You know, just. Well, the minute he be big, well, yeah, just out of he's the only happy-go-lucky, yeah. Right, just kind of, you know, doing these celebrity matches, not really a top guy, just kind of, you know, a special attraction, but not a, a threat, just kind of having fun and hanging out, you know, in the upper upper mid-card. Um, which that, that is what a special attraction is, though, unless they're a heel, unless they're the Undertaker. But like, that's how Giants are booked. That's how Andre was booked. Right. It's, but Brian could easily be more than that. He he already you know like fan, fans already buy him as more than that. So why delegate him to that role when he can be a main eventer when they have so few right now? Especially and, whenever you have somebody like the Fiend on that brand who could be a special attraction, right? And you could have put the championship on Braun Strowman at some point. He's never been a world champion. Dude has been hella close. Never been a world champion. I don't know why you want to treat him like this. I'm sure they're going to go to that soon enough. You know, be, just from the lack of people on SmackDown for Bray to feud with, I'm sure they're going to go with Bray and, and Braun at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll do some kind of weird... I mean, maybe it's not with, with Braun, but they'll do some kind of weird... You remember when The Undertaker got burned alive in the casket at Royal Rumble in 1998, I think it was? And he was he was off TV for a few months until he came back um, to feud with Kane, I think it was, for WrestleMania that year. That's the way you could kind of write off the fiend without making him lose, and maybe the the title just gets um, relinquished. I I don't think you want to write off the fiend right now. He's way too hot. I bet you know in a few months, whenever whenever they realize they don't have anything else to do with him, when he squashes everybody else in the roster, right? Um, we had uh, Carmella and Dana Brooke versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and they were fighting for what Corey Graves said was a huge opportunity. I forgot the exact wording here, but he put it over like it was a championship match at WrestleMania, and that is to be on the SmackDown Women's Team at Survivor Series. Um, I'm very surprised here. I mean, I, I guess I'm not surprised with the way they book things, but Carmella and Dana Brooke, first time ever tag teaming together, and they beat the established tag team of Fire and Desire. Uh, Matt, what do you think about that? I don't know who Fire and Desire have heat with that they're not being featured more. Fire and Desire have heat with. I see what you did there. Raj, <laughs> how do you feel about this victory, Carmella and Dana Brooke? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it was there. I mean, it was nothing. I already forgot about it. 
They could do so much more with Carmella. You talked about women's division here. Carmella was great. Um, they just kind of written her off to be a side character for so long, and I kind of hate that. She brings personality. Matt always talks about bringing that big personality, and Carmella, I think, does it. I don't know why they delegate her this. All four of them have something special about them. It's just sure. letting, like, you know, bringing that out in a storyline. Yeah. And then we get to um, our main event of the evening. This match had about 20 minutes to work with here, and that is Roman Reigns versus King Baron Corbin. Um, a lot of big spots in this match, but the interesting thing was about halfway through, Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler get involved. Apparently they are siding with King Corbin because they do not believe Roman Reigns is a locker room leader. Um, and they go in for the distraction. Roman Reigns gets the upper hand against Ziggler, spears him, and it was a really cool spot. Uh, but... At the end of the day, Baron Corbin used that as an excuse to get the victory late in the end of days and got the win here. Baron Corbin reigns supreme. Um, I was surprised. Again, we're seeing Roman Reigns lose quite a bit here, Matt. It, I think it's all for the better. I, yeah. You know, I think it's all for the better for him personally when it's time for him to come back on top. When it's time for him to come back and work on top, though, it, They've got to switch spots with him and Seth, in my opinion. Sure. To show, because they could do kill two birds with one stone. They could show the fans, say, hey, we did have this. You idiot fans didn't have it right. You thought you wanted Seth. Well, we gave you Seth. You guys blew him out of the building. You said you didn't want uh, Roman. Well, he's back. And you guys you guys tried to crap on him when we pushed him. Do you know what I mean? Like, they could get. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they've treated him differently. It's worth saying, too. I think the losses sure. have helped rehumanize him, right? They've showed that he is not superhuman. He is vulnerable. And I think that's what he missed the first time around is they just got him there too fast. Raj, I know you're dying to say something. <laughs> no, I think there's a way to do it. You know, uh, the vulnerable, you don't want all the guys to be vulnerable. You know, people sure. like to see guy. you know, people that are larger than life, unbeatable, if you do it right. Like Braun Strowman when they were doing it for a while. Ronda Rousey is, you know, someone. All sports, when you see that un- unbeatable team or the unbeatable person, they to garner huge ratings, they get a huge attraction. So they just gave Roman a, a bunch of bad material. They gave Seth a bunch of bad material. You see where Seth is at now. He gets booed out of the building on this Monday's Raw. You'll see. And by the way, on this Monday's Raw, there's going to be one of the worst segments uh, in a long time. So beware of that. But um, yeah, it. Uh, I, I think Roman is has been pretty much all cheers since he's gotten back i don't think there's a week where it's more booze than cheers and seth is you know in the other way i think you could do a great double turn well i guess not a double turn just turn seth and that could be a huge wrestlemania match if it's done right again i don't have faith that'll be done right but if it is that could be huge right yeah yeah it's it's i think they've taken their time with with roman which is what's helped right they could have put him into a championship feud the minute he got back last year and it's been over a year now since he's returned but they could have put him into that match and all of a sudden he's out there and um they didn't do that so they they showed real good patience here it's interesting to note you talk about um raw kind of already having been taped too this match was taped according to people on twitter uh, in the middle of the card, mm-hmm. um, the sh- the s- segment to end the show was actually the Tyson Fury Braun Strowman segment, which was a weird one to go out on. Unless you, they just thought, to your point, Tyson Fury is from Manchester, so maybe the fans will love that. And I think I read that they didn't even in the arena see the attack by the fiend. Yeah, yeah, the Bray Wyatt was never shown to the crowd uh, during um, during the show. He did wrestle a dark match after but yeah that that segment with daniel bryan was not shown to the crowd yeah so that's your smackdown for uh this week folks Uh, a definite departure from last week again solid wrestling but i think that um the promo with baron corbin and and just a kind of a lackluster feel after last week's really exciting uh high energy show so um i've got a couple of news and notes here um i think we'll start off with the ratings for aew and nxt from this week yeah, so it really narrowed up. So the you know the invasion angle is definitely helping NXT. Man, if they would have advertised on Raw that you know some Raw stars you know like have someone backstage saying the word I'm hearing is that some of the Raw guys are planning to retaliate this Wednesday on NXT, they would have won this week because it yeah. was really close. Dynamite got 822,000 viewers. NXT got 813. So only a one percent uh, difference in viewers. So. Really close. Uh, AEW 
really dropping. This was their you know second lowest number since they uh, since they premiered outside of last week, which was Game Seven of the World Series. Um, the AEW still ranked number eight in the cable top 150 in the 18 to 49 demo. NXT the highest they've done since they started going head to head with number at number 12. So um, you know for NXT it was it's a sh- you know uh, some momentum uh, a movement you know in the right direction. AEW kind of dipping a bit, um, but you know again we're coming off the invasion angle. We'll see we'll see where it goes from here, but uh, it was definitely a good week for NXT. Yeah. Well, that's good. Though. I'm glad they got the rebound. It was a good show this week too. So hopefully that'll. They cheated. They <laughs> cheated. They cheated. You can go on Monday Night Raw, get all their stars seen by a brand new um, uh, households of fans at home watching, as well as fans in the arena that's never seen these people before. They come in and kick the crap out of the stars that we watch every single Monday night. Who the hell are these guys? I'm gonna tune in. Where can I tune in? Oh, they're on TNT? I guarantee you AEW would have a bigger spike using that same thing. They, they cheated. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, they, but they could have done this a month ago. They didn't do it. I mean, like, I, I, I think actually they fumbled too long to get here. I want to see them head to head. I think NXT on its own is plenty damn good enough to do it. Yeah. To, to, be, to me, it's better than Raw and SmackDown. I think I they make SmackDown cool. They made Raw cool, not vice versa. But Raw and SmackDown do have a bigger audience that are watching it, though. So I'm just saying right now. Imagine when I was in TNA, and I had, a, and we as a company had an opportunity to show up on freaking SmackDown, and I powerbomb Big Show to a table. No one's ever seen me before. Who the frick is this monster? I'm gonna tune in, and watch whatever channel the hell he's on, and they come to Spike, and now watch TNA the following week. That's a very big advantage to have as a show. So to your point, they cheated, but they still uh, they still won. Um, yeah, I mean the one thing NXT AEW had been beating NXT in that eighteen to forty nine demo by like a hundred percent or more uh, most weeks. Uh, this week it was only a fourteen percent difference. Um, you know, Matt, to your point, I think all's fair in love and war. I'm surprised this didn't happen after the first week when they first lost, but um, we'll see. You know, this is supposed to be going to the Survivor Series, but if that makes a difference, and it, it gets NXT in the lead. Good enough on its own to be able to beat AEW when it's time, I think. It's been falling every week by a lot. And I don't think, I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, NXT fell for a number of weeks, too, until this spike happened, right? So right. let's call that out. So to be No, fair, that's what I mean. NXT has been falling by a lot until yeah, this week. Yeah, and, and AEW, from what I heard, like, their ratings are still in a margin that TNT is quite happy with what they're doing. AEW's ratings have been sliding. It seems like the novelty has kind of worn off of AEW. They're still putting out a hell of a product, but kind of that newness is not there anymore. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting moving forward because next week I would think AEW will get a spike because of the pay-per-view this weekend and it actually being on a pay-per-view and fans aren't so going to want to pay 50 here's bucks. Where w, this is where WCW did an amazing job, actually. They had the newness, if you guys really remember, and I do really remember, when they first came on, on the uh, when Nitro first came out, <laughs> if you remember, they immediately started doing a surprise gimmick. They started having new stars show up on the show. If AEW, if they continue to drop like that, they have to do that. They've got the money. I don't care if you ever use the talents again. Get talents on the air that show some sort of surprise versus me standing at Brandon freaking Cutler. Yeah, and that's the only thing is that WWE has locked all these guys up. Yeah, I mean, they've locked up Mike Kanellis. So, you know, it's like, who do you get the surprises from? They, I don't know. They have throw them, something in that regard. Yeah, I mean, they could throw money at maybe like a Batista who said he's retired. Obviously, CM Punk, I think if he wanted to do it, he'd be there by now. There's just not that many guys out there on the. Had a shot at Randy Orton. It sounded like at one point, but he resigned with WWE. Mm-hmm. AEW to to continue to do what they're doing, which is a good, it's a, it's a great show, I think. But yeah. as far as ratings go, I I think they'll continue to move down a little bit. Not not much, um, but they need to be. The network needs to be okay with them to get over those growing pains to establish itself. Um, for, for, to be consistent, they're new. So right now, everything we know about them is is a new car smell. New, you know what I mean? It's a new car smell. So now that you know, it's kind of bloomed at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And 
it's about the stories then moving forward. And they do have some really good stories, but then they also still have the guys that's going on the damn ring that nobody cares about. Yeah. That, you know, most fans I would imagine look at and go, I could give that dude's ass. And this is where the, that reality is kind of sitting in. Because you had AEW doing all these sellouts up until this point, right? And outside of the, the Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. But all their pay-per-views selling out quickly. The first, you know, four TV tapings sold out quickly. Now they're not. Um, now there's still tickets available for Saturday's pay-per-view. So now they're going to have... They got the hardcore audience. Now they're, they're going to have to figure a way to, to figure out a way to bring in the mainstream audience and get more uh casual viewers and to do that you know uh some of the guys that they're featuring are just not uh guys that i think a non-wrestling fan would look at and be like oh that guy looks like a badass i want to watch him with the women's division for example that's, at this mm-hmm. line, that, that's where they're making a major mistake they're featuring the wrong women on that show penelope ford is a freaking star waiting to happen um kong we already know there's all these other studs they should be using they have them they do have it the argument was made to me that the women's divisions you know shit versus wwe's it's like no it's actually they do have a good women's division they're just featuring the wrong ones they're also doing some weird things too with some of the talent like and like kenny and kenny it's like kenny uh, i said kenny um omega is damn near booking the women's division and and is you know he's very tight with rio uh, and rio does get a nice response, you know, compared to a lot of those other women that were on that tag match that was on uh, Dynamite this past week. But I agree. Like, I heard you guys talking, and I, I agree. That tag match, I was just like, eh, I, I do not care at all about this match. You talk about the, I mean, even the opening match this week on AEW Dynamite was a great match between Pac and Trent Beretta, and I actually think it did a lot for Trent Beretta, right? Mm-hmm. I think Trent Beretta looked look great people know Pac, but maybe not as many people know him as a singles wrestler trent beretta and then they brought out orange cassidy and i got nothing against orange cassidy but the way they used him to me undermined what they were doing in that match and so i also think they're still struggling like they did with the librarians gimmick for a while with bringing in some of these kind of fringe youtube funny things that appealed to a certain audience that does not play with a wider wrestling audience that's you know yeah, uh, they need to learn how to create some of their own stars right now. Everyone is using their indie gimmicks. The ones that they've tried are the Dark Order, the Librarian. Those didn't work. Um, and right now, the, the people that come across as the biggest stars, Cody, granted, people know him from WWE, but he's a completely different Cody now. But Chris Jericho, he reinvented himself, but he's still, you know, I think someone watching for the first time in a while would be like, oh, ex-WWE guy, John Moxley, you know, ex-WWE guy. Um they need to find a way to get some of these guys like Kenny Omega, get them more of a spark. Because Kenny Omega has just kind of been, you know, kind of sitting there in the upper mid card. And to get some non-WWE guys to to make it seem like it's something fresh and and uh, it's different. It's what you pay WWE guys to be there for. No offense. It's yeah. to it's to put them uh, to put the bucks over against them. It is to put over Kenny Omega against them. To bring them up to that level to those fans that don't watch week in and week out. They are those mainstream type of fans and those surface fans. Yeah. Which is funny. Omega's lost a lot. I mean, like he was on there and he loses quite a bit. What's up with that? Around him, honestly. His promos can get better, yeah. I know, but just don't let him talk so I'm out of his matches. It's yeah. that damn good. Yeah, and we still have a lot of time, so let's talk about dynamite. Uh, I mean, not dynamite, uh, full we're gear. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have a lot of time. We're only at 45 minutes right now. <clears throat> are these is this a time limit do we have a time limit like AEW does i didn't know that yeah, yeah. Uh, smack yeah. Up another lackluster let's just say that it let, let up real easy this week <laughs> yeah but yeah let's run down this uh so yeah we'll be back tomorrow night uh my, myself and matt morgan for sure uh for full gear let's run down this card all right so opening match we have the buy-in as they like to do Britt baker versus bia Priestley. Guys, who you got here? I love Rip Baker. On the main card. Do I? Mike. Um, I, I, <laughs> this message. Wow. Did you take it forever? I'm sorry. Um, Rip Baker. I wish this was on. the We main got time card. to fill, according to the I boss, would... Matt. I don't report to you. I report to Raj. I gotta... You're about to report to my left. <laughs> um, but no, for real, this should be on the main card. This, yeah. She cut a world beater, in my opinion, a world beater pre-tape vignette about this match and i was like why aren't they showing this on damn uh dynamite they put it on last week's dark i'm talking about brick baker 
it was really well done, I thought. It made her look like an even a bigger star, and she had some real badass to her, I thought, yeah. um, in it. It was really, really cool. Talk about her own finishing move and ripping the, the girl's jaw right out of her damn uh, out of her head. It was really it was impressive. It was a good one. I wish it was on the main card though. Um, definitely Britt Baker on this. Yeah, I mean they're yeah, I, I agree. I think it's clear they got uh, big plans for her. She comes across as a star. She's a little green, but she's getting there. And uh, yeah, I think you know she has the potential to be the face of that division. So yes. it yeah. makes all the sense in the world for her to go over. Yeah. Um, main card here, we got Joey Janela versus Sean Spears, who will be accompanied by Tully Blanchard. Sean Spears looked great in this feud against Cody. Um, has not been featured quite as much. We all know Joey Janela. Um, Raj, I want to go to you first. Who do you think wins this match? Uh, I mean, Spears has kind of lost a lot. I know he won on Dynamite this past week. Uh, I don't know, but Janela has two. I go with Spears right now. Um, he's got Tully with him. I feel like with Tully, Tully adds, it makes him look like a bigger star. I think they need to, I don't know why they're not giving Tully any promo time. That's the whole reason why he's there. He's such a great talker. But uh, I'm going to go with Spears here. You talk about Matt. You mentioned all the guys who could be stars and should be stars in that company. I know Sean Spears was on NXT and WWE kind of for a minute when they used him. Um, but I think he, he's one of those guys that came into AEW this summer and he immediately looked like a star because of the story they put him in. I think Spears has got to win. Um, how do you feel about Sean Spears uh, being one of those guys you were mentioning earlier who they should be building up? Yes. Yeah, I think he's got it, right? I mean, he has it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Yeah, I think Spears wins here. Joey Janela, he's a guy who takes a lot of losses. They're not going to be putting him in a championship match anytime soon, right? So, Yeah. I, you know, this is kind of one of those things where AEW does have a lot of talent. And, you know, not many people are watching AEW. I mean, AEW Dark is getting the YouTube views, but it doesn't have the buzz, obviously, that Dynamite does. So you're just seeing, like, you know, Spears has been on Dynamite maybe once so far or, or twice. So there's a lot of talent that that's not being used on the show that often, and it he just, just kind of shows. His first victory, he just got his first victory. Spears, the other night, right? Was that his first? Oh yeah, that was his that first. Was his first victory because he lost over the summer. Yep. All right, so we get to the main main card here. I think the first match that people are really kind of jazzed about here: Hangman Adam Page versus Pac, um, which should be a very interesting bout. They've really been pushing Pac lately. I think um, Adam, you know, Adam Page came in with all the momentum. Uh, he was obviously the first guy to face up and, and challenge for the championship alongside Chris Jericho. But he kind of took a back seat after that. People think he's going to be a big star here. But I think I think Pac could walk out here with the victory. Uh, Matt, who you got? We've seen this before, number one. And number two, like, Pac's character is more developed. Mm-hmm. And it, this, to me, it, they, they did this to set up an Adam Page win, in my opinion. The problem with the Adam Page win is that his character is just not developed. And I watch all the BTE episodes as well. So I watch all the crap that comes along with everything that the, this company does. And he still doesn't have this character. I don't get what the hell it is at all. You're talking about Page? Yeah, I don't understand. What He's a cowboy. He's a good guy. I yeah, that, and I like some of his promos that he says. Yeah. But with him being like, not like, where were you? How can you help us when we got jumped? That crap. Like, I don't understand what the hell any of that is. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it's. I think they'd be having the wrong guy win at this point. I love Adam Page, but Pac needs to go on and continue to be unbeatable. I think you need Pac to win too. I think. I don't know. I kind of almost think we'll, we'll get to it later. But if Cody's winning. You know, later in the show, which I don't think he should, but they kind of book themselves into a corner, right? Um, then Pac seems like a logical contender. Pac just beat Kenny Omega. He's looked like a beast. He doesn't seem like he's acting when you watch him. You know, he doesn't seem like he's playing a character. He seems like a total prick. He's awesome. And uh, I think, to Matt's point, Paige just has not connected yet. And, um, you know, just saying cowboy shit isn't enough. <laughs> and so... I, you know, I think uh, Pac should definitely get the win here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. Um, kind of coming out of this tag team tournament we've had lately. A lot of guys got some time. We'll see this in the tag team championship match later. But Young Bucks, Santana and Ortiz did not get the focus in the tournament quite as much here. But I don't know. I feel like the Young Bucks are probably going to win here, Raj. What do you think? 
they've lost a lot lately and yeah. i'm sure they're doing that on purpose to kind of show the the boys that they're not here to book themselves into you know, as this, Championship you know just, yeah just winning all the time yeah <laughs> but and i which i actually think is a mistake like yeah. right now the the tag team match is kind of forgettable i think if this match was for the tag titles it would just mean so much more sure um you know, I, I can understand why the Young Bucks did not want to be the first tag team champions, uh, but I just think when you're establishing the tag division, you want the biggest, most overstars in there, your biggest feuds. So I think the Young Bucks should have won. I think this should be for the titles. And but I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Santana and Ortiz, even though I think the Young Bucks should win, just because they keep putting other people over. And if Cody's winning the main event, I could see Young Bucks wanting to lose here. Yeah. Matt agrees. Matt gave us the head nod. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, I got Young Bucks, baby. Oh, okay. I'm with you, man. I think Young Bucks, and I think again, you're right, Raj. The other stars of this division, um, I think they should be kind of around. I think we might get back there, right? Coming out of this tag team championship match, maybe that's what's up next. All right, unsanctioned lights out match will not count against their win loss record. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, and a feud that has been building since before All Out. It's been building all summer long. Um, yeah, this is the match I think that I, I might be most excited about on the card, uh, but it's it's been a long time coming here. I I, uh, I don't know, Matt. What do you think, John Moxley, Kenny Omega? It's going to be a great match. This is going to be a definitely great match. No question about it for me. This is going to be very very good, as is the the championship match afterward. Um, yeah, this is going to be a, a really good match. I think everyone's going to be talking about it after. Who you, who you think's going to walk away? Um, hmm. with the win that is not just walk. Yeah, who's gonna actually walk away physically, be able to after this match? This is tough because they've had they've beaten Kenny too damn much. Yeah, but they can't have Moxley lose either, right? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I got Moxley winning. Yeah, I, th- I think it continues to fall into the abyss. That's I crazy agree. to me. That's blowing my mind. It is, and it shouldn't be happening, but. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I hate that this match doesn't count for the win loss records. I think that's a cheap way to get get out of that when it doesn't oh. really matter. Oh wait, I forgot about that part. Okay, I take yeah. that back. Kenny wins then. I take that back. That's how they protect Moxley. Moxley I still Wallace, right? He can say I didn't lose. Yeah, even though technically his one draw, he or he lost a tag match or something. He's got one loss that count. You know, that's on his. But uh, even though he did, he hasn't gotten pinned, we haven't seen that yet. I think you should protect him. He's a unique character. Don't beat him yet. I'm going to go with Moxley. You know what I really like about this pay-per-view? It's all these matches, there's no obvious predictions. You sure. know, there's no obvious winners. I thought with the main event, there was until this past week. Dude, it's completely left over every pick we make. <laughs> no, like, yeah. like Adam Page cannot afford to lose this, and he very well may. Right. Well, we talk about all these winners because he's a top star and a top main eventer versus Cody. If you know what I mean, so he can't lose either. That's yeah. and I think that's what's cool here is that we're talking about these win losses, and we're like they can't afford to lose because they've lost so much. It's the exact opposite thing that happens when you watch a WWE show where you're like, well, they lost this week, they've lost five times, they'll be champions next week, right? Like they do matter, and I think that's cool here. I think Moxley because I think Moxley wins here, and I think Moxley's the guy that. Um, depending on who walks away in the, the title match, I, I feel like Moxie's going to be up there sooner rather than later. I think this match is going to be insane, and it's going to be match of the night. Yep, yep, yep. Um, AEW World Tag Team Championship, SCU versus Lucha Bros versus Private Party. Raj, you were talking about Tag Team Championship earlier. Uh, does SCU retain? I think so. I think it's too soon. They just want it. Again, I, this is what I was saying. This does not feel, this feels like a pre-show match almost to me. And I like SCU, but uh, you know, these tag teams, the other tag teams just aren't developed enough. So, um, you don't like private party. I like them, but I just don't think they're there yet as, as stars, but I definitely like them. I think this is how they come away with these tag titles. You think so? Okay. If not, and this sets up, Lucha Brothers versus Private Party for 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 a feud like a straight up you know what I mean tag team feud between the two teams. Yeah, I mean Private Party, uh, you know, I think they're ready to be elevated. They've 
they were green just like four months ago, and they've shown so much improvement. And the Lucha Brothers can do it. Some win against them could definitely do that. Yeah, I disagree there, Raj. I think I think they have improved a lot, so I totally agree with that piece. But I also think that you look at these other teams here. We talk about SCU, we talk about Lucha Bros, we talk about Young Bucks. Those to me are still the like those are more main event teams than Private Party is. So I don't think they can win here, and I don't think they're quite ready to be champions. I think they are just right below that. I think you give them till early to middle next year, and they'll have their moment. Clay Ford says, "What? No way! Lucha Bros are in a pre-show match." Raj, come on. Oh, I agree. That, yeah. it, it, I just mean like it, it doesn't feel as big as the other tag match. Yeah, I think your biggest matches should be your title matches. AEW Women's World Championship. We have Rio versus Emi Sakura. Who do you think don't is going care. to win? I don't care at all. <laughs> <laughs> Matt does not care. Raj, that leaves it up to you, man. <laughs> Rio. Rio wins, right? Rio. Rio wins. But yeah, I, I, I agree. This is another one. Uh, I mean, does anyone care? I mean, Emi Sakura is very talented, but they haven't really built her up. You know, she's gotten a couple wins, but uh, I don't know. It's yeah, there. I think Rio wins. All right, here we are, AEW World Championship, the main event. The thing that everybody's been talking about, Cody Rhodes' promo this week, incredible. Chris Jericho's video package was also amazing for very different reasons. Um, yeah, these guys have been bringing it, and I love the the unique way they've been telling the story. Um, and I'm so excited. I mean, you knew it was going to be a great match. Cody, they've been building him up for months. He has been... The matches he's had in AEW have felt different than the rest of the card, and I've loved it. And so I'm, you know, I'm not excited to see, uh, you know, the... The guy with the title and the suit get the championship match this early on because it does feel a little bit icky. He addressed that this week. But I am excited to see this match. Um, stipulation being the judges will be available as a tiebreaker if the match goes beyond the 60-minute time limit. There are eight matches here. This is a 60-minute time limit. Uh, Matt, what happens here, man? What do we do? Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes. Jericho can't lose this title. It, it, it needs... This is tough. This is quite the corner they book themselves in. But um, I don't know. I'm going to say somehow they get out of it. (laughs) Cody, man. I love this. Virgil, he says Virgil sold this match. Virgil was in the video package. Virgil's been in like every wrestling Soul Train Jones. Soul Train Jones, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh. This is a tough one. Um, and, and, and the thing you're saying about Cody, Cody shows more passion than everyone else in that roster. Whether yeah. he's an owner, whether he's a manager, whether he's a goddamn janitor, I don't give a crap. When he gets in that ring, he wrestles with way more passion than the rest of them. He makes sure he's connecting to that audience all the time. So it has nothing to do with him being an owner. It has nothing to do with him being even a former WWE superstar, I would argue. It has to do with everything he does. He radiates passion. Promos, vignettes, in-ring. His stuff with Dustin wasn't supposed to be that great. Remember, like, this is, man, eh, this will be okay. I'm surprised. Remember, you, the complaint yeah. was he's wrestling against his brother or any of the, Yeah. The, yeah. And it was great. That was the match of the year. Like, yeah. it was awesome. Again, everything he touches has passion behind it and sucks everybody in. So, suit, uh, again, owner, whatever the hell you call it, VP, whatever the hell he is. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I just think he's working on a level that with a ton of confidence that other wrestlers just don't have. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I say that about him wearing the suit, but he has earned the spot through what he's done in AEW so far. 100% agree. Raj, your thoughts on this match? Who wins? How do you feel about it? I just think Jericho is so hot right now. He's so great. I, I mean, I, I tweeted this earlier uh, this week. I, just, I honestly think that Jericho is the most entertaining heel world champion since The Rock. I mean, can you think of anyone else? Wow! Wow! Entertaining. That's since a the rock. I think I got some thought, Raj. <laughs> yes, uh, twenty years, not one. I couldn't. I, I was like racking my brain trying to think. Like, not Triple H. Triple H wasn't as a heel. Was just. Uh, uh. CM Punk had his moments, especially when he was doing straight edge society stuff. CM Punk was good. He, CM he Punk would be. Done. He'd probably be next. Yeah. But entertaining, entertaining is you don't know what you're gonna get with him. Like we had no clue we were getting that vignette from Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he could pull off the comedy, he pulls off the contract signings, you know, just he just makes everything seem like a bigger deal. Um yeah, I, I think he's just so great. I just I, and I know you could have Cody beat him and then Jericho wins it back, but do you want to be doing that already? Um, you know, or do you want to make your world title seem like a big deal? Have these lengthy title reigns so when a title change happens, it's a big deal. 
I feel like they booked themselves in their corner with this stipulation with Cody. Uh, it does make it, it gets, more unpredictable in a way. It has to get broken up then, right? What's that? It has to get broken up somewhere, some right? Or something has to happen because so a finish. The stipulation <sighs> for those of you guys listening or watching who don't know, the stipulation he announced this week was that if he does not win this match, he will not be allowed to compete for the AEW Championship again. And AEW, they've said they don't want to be like WWE. You know how many times in WWE the loser gets fired and they show up the next night on Raw. You're right. Did he say though, Raj, that if he doesn't win? He will never wrestle for it again, or did he say, "If I lose, I will never wrestle for it again"? I thought he said, "If he doesn't win the world championship, he'll he will never challenge <laughs> again for it." He breaks up the match, then yeah. you know he still doesn't get a chance on it again. That means because he didn't win. Yeah, I mean, I could see like MJF costing Cody, and they go down that road. But then, do you never have Cody in a world title match again? Do you respect your steps? Because if you don't, it just become you. Just, I don't know. You the don't want to be I those guys. See, yeah, you, you could also, you talk about having a run-in or a breakup. You know, they've been kind of teasing Jake Hager as he's the muscle, but maybe that's what costs Jericho the title if Cody does win. Um, you know, there's a way to get Cody to win and to get Jericho to not really lose. Like, Jericho loses, but, I mean, this this judges thing is interesting, right? Does that play into it? A judge's decision doesn't I don't think count so. as a loss. They, they used to do that in WCW, and I don't think it ever went to a judge's decision. Um, I don't know. This is tough. I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, you know, this is the one uh, what, what AEW is doing with making a really strong main event and making that the must see, and then the rest of the card fills it out. It's like a UFC, right? Yep. And those are often the best ones, those are often the biggest ones. And I, I, I'm really digging it. There's so many ways they can go. I think Cody's going to win because I don't think they want to be, you know, going back on their steps yet. But I could easily see Jericho winning as well. Uh, up until Wednesday, I thought it was Jericho for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see. Well, any other news or notes? Anything else you want to get to, Raj, before we get out of here? I think that's about it. Uh, tomorrow night, we're back again. It's a long week. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, uh, real quick, Matt, did you see that Orange Cassidy interview that we did? No. Oh, I tagged you in it. You got to check it out. We, uh, we interviewed Orange Cassidy for about five minutes at StarCast earlier today. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> it was, gosh. It's probably the most revealing interview you'll ever see about Orange Cassidy, Orange wow. Cassidy do. But he talks about uh, rooming with Chuck Taylor. I know you guys talked about that the other night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to watch that this, actually. I, I probably liked it. It's on our YouTube as well. Okay. Check it out. We do have Nick Hausman. He is hanging out down there, or up there, I guess, in Baltimore with everybody at StarCast, getting interviews all weekend long. So and, uh, keep and it. Uh, real quick, also, please subscribe and, and give us a review. And we are working on WrestleMania and doing something at WrestleMania. So uh, you know, keep your ears glued, Matt, as well. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it all out. There you go. Look at that tease right there. Yeah, so join us back tomorrow night for the post-game show. We'll be here. Um, rate and review. Give us a review on iTunes. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe. All that jazz. Thank you guys so much for joining us. He is BP Matt Morgan. He is Raj Geary underscore 303. I am at The Real Wiseman, and we will catch you here next time on Wrestling Inc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.